My name is Ali, I'm a doctor and YouTuber. I'm Taymor, I'm a data scientist and writer. And you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity, and the human condition. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Not Overthinking. Taymor, how are you doing today? <laughs> it feels like it's been a while since we've said that. Yeah, I'm doing well. I think I think we should just skip the bit where we talk about why we haven't done a podcast in a while. I think we do. We've done that like every pod for the last probably like five episodes. Yeah, the um, last two years, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So let's just let's skip that bit and just get into the pod. Um, I'm doing well. We just had a bunch of people over for uh, brunch and then uh, just hanging out. And then we went to a carol service at the local church. It oh, turns out that a friend of mine from college, college meaning university, um, is actually a reverend at the local church where we live oh, like, like oh. two minutes away and actually it turns out he lives on the same road as us now so we we just moved to this uh, new area like two months ago nice. so yeah he and i are gonna catch up probably at some point um but yeah it's been a, it's been a good weekend how about you where uh, where in the world are you i am in santa monica los angeles right now wowzers yeah what's going it's on delightful. over there it's really sunny it's really nice the weather the weather's amazing um i'm here for like a week in total, but in that week, I am flying to London and back for like three days. Why? Um, so yeah, it's been pretty mental. It's like, so I've, I was invited to go on Diary of a CEO, and the only date that worked for both our schedules was like the 15th of December, because they really? wanted the episode to come out on the 2nd of Jan, and I was uh, in America for this time period. And so I was like, yeah. you know what, this is such a huge podcast, screw it, let's fly to London for literally a day, at two days, and then fly back. How many, like, what are the stats of that pod? Because I don't know anyone who, like, I don't know, like, none of my, like, tech bro type friends, like, none of my, like, podcast listening friends listen to it, but it does seem to be quite a big podcast. It's, um, it's absolutely huge. Our publisher says, uh, an appearance in Diary of a CEO moves more books than 20 other podcasts would. Really? Um, wow. Yeah, it's huge. It's absolutely enormous. I think it is very, it's absolutely enormous in, most people I know who love it are women. Okay. And non non tech bro type people. Okay, right, right. Like it, it really appeals to like normal people, okay. uh, because it's it's not about like the specifics of like tell me about your marketing funnels and all that shit. It's about like yeah, the emotions yeah. and the feelings and like how did you struggle? And now he's interviewing you know Esther Perel and asking the questions everyone wants to know about like how to have a better relationship. And he's interviewing me about how to be more productive. And mm. it, it's become an absolutely huge. His team is amazing. There are like thirty of them. Wow. They're just crushing it across all fronts. We we keep an eye on everything they do, and we're just like always always amazed as to how yeah. ridiculous his podcast is growing. Nice. It's it's how really your nice um, you had you had sort of uh, some thoughts about your other podcast. Um, what what's the latest thinking on the deep dive with Ali Abdal? Yeah, latest thinking on deep dive with Ali Abdal is we're probably going to change up the format of it. Um, I okay. don't like filming. I don't like recording on a schedule, as listeners of Not Overthinking might know. <laughs> and for Deep Dive, I kind of realized that I, enjoy, I really enjoy having the conversations, but I enjoy having them on my own terms. Not okay. it's like every yeah. quarter we have a week where we've booked in 15 guests and I have to go bang, 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 yeah, bang, yeah, bang yeah, and forget yeah. everything I say. And yeah. So I'm trying to figure out how do I show up and do Deep Dive with Ali Abdal in a way yeah. that's more chill, where yeah. the conversations are more the conversations I want to have rather than someone's promoting a new book and let me ask right, the questions yeah. that they've got talking points for already. Yeah. So like what kind of people would you want more on the pod on the, on the other pod? I think, I mean, a lot of it is the people that we will, we would have had on it anyway, but it's like, you know, I've got uh, my friend Noah Kagan is coming over to 
this hotel room tomorrow night and we're going to record an episode of the pod and he, I'm going to go on his pod and we're going to talk yeah. about entrepreneurship and stuff. It's right. like that kind of conversation will be cool. Yeah. Or if there's out. a YouTuber in town, I'm like, yeah. hey, let's just hang out and just chat about YouTube. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and so rather than me thinking, yeah, hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. how do I ask questions that are the most high value for the audience? It's more like, hey, let's just have a chat. Yeah, let's just and hang if people out. people yeah. get value from that, amazing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The not everything blueprint. Not overthinking blueprint. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Let's just hang out. Apologize yeah. for not like, and then, and then, and then perhaps the guests can just read highlights from a book that they've not. Yeah, yet. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I, <laughs> that's what I got into today. So. Yeah, I just, I, was, um... I, just, I just, I just filmed a video about four books that can change people's lives if they read them. Yeah, and which I don't, think, I don't, I don't think you've read any of them. Oh, mate, um, I'm missing out on life changing content. What you're one? missing out on life changing content here, man. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what? What would like roughly what the books? Uh, the first one is The Practice by Seth Godin. Okay. The second one. I, is, I, I should uh, read that. I do like Seth Godin. I might. Yeah. You the the practice is uh, it's it's more yeah. about shipping creative work, and you tend to do less of that, but it, it's really good. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, the second one is the strangest secret by Earl Nightingale. Okay. Uh, Earl Nightingale is one of the OG self help gurus who was around in the America in the 1950s and was on radio yeah. programs being motivational and stuff. But it's okay. Really and look, 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 yeah. So when you when you ship a video saying the the four books that will like change your life or change yeah. the way you think or something. These are these are not four books that have actually ch- like fundamentally like really changed the way you think, or are they? Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have. Yeah. Wow. I, I, so how, okay. I, how I, many books in total have that accolade for you? Um, quite <laughs> quite a lot. And, and the reason for okay. this, so I'm, I actually mentioned this. Like the opening of this video that I've just filmed is about what does it mean when someone says a book has changed their life? Yeah. Like my whole thing. So like, for example, I would say the four hour work week changed my life. The the the, the reason a book changes your life is because it gives you an idea. Yeah, that idea sure. leads to, yeah, yeah. That idea leads to a decision. The decision leads to action. Yeah, yeah. The action leads to a result. So yeah. anything that that improves my life in any way that I've got an idea from a book, I would say that. Book okay, fine. All right. Okay, fair, fair. But like, I mean, there's the four hour work week tier, which is obviously yeah. like you know S S tier. Yeah. Um, for people who are into anime. <laughs> um, but like, like S tier an anime thing? I don't know. I yeah. I, I don't know. They use. I thought it was just a tier anime. tier ranking thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I think I mean I, it's a tier ranking thing that's used in anime. There was the S and then one and then two, and it's also used in like grading maths papers in some universities and like yeah, it's also used in like people are tier ranking like Brandon Sanderson books and like Harry Potter characters. Yeah, yeah. so like internet yeah. internet kind of culture, I think, has adopted it from. Oh, but is it from anime? I don't know. I mean, it's it is it's very common. In, I like t- tiers and rankings and like power levels and this kind of. I I feel like. It's an anime type. It's it's an anime trope that yeah. like has made its way into internet culture just because of the obviously the overlap oh, there. Fine. But probably and, there is it. Probably there is a uh, sh- a shared common ancestor, if you will, <laughs> where yeah. both anime <laughs> and other places like have yeah, adopted. I'm sure someone listening or watching this can let us know in the comments. Yeah, uh, yeah. Where is the tier ranking system from? Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there there are different tiers of this stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. or I work it would, would be would be S tier. Say the practice would be more like A or B tier. The secret would be the strange secret more like A or B tier. The second yeah, mountain yeah. by David Brooks. Have you have you come across this? I think you'd, the second you'd love mountain. Concept. Yeah, you would love this no. shit. This is like right really? up the street. This the second. Let me, let me read you. All right, read you a highlight. highlight. Hit me. Hit me. I'll, give, I'll, I'll give you a highlight. You you right. this you will be right. This is so <laughs> up the street. Um, he's basically talking about. You know what? I'm just going to give you this this highlight without any context, and you can tell me what the book is about. All right. 
Such a person schedules a meditation retreat here, a Burning Man visit there, one fellowship one year, and another one the next. There's a swing dancing one day, soul cycle twice a week, a Krav Maga for a few months, Bikram yoga for a few months more, and occasionally a cool art gallery on a Sunday afternoon. Your Instagram feed will be amazing, and everybody will think you're the coolest person ever. You tell yourself that relationships really matter to you, scheduling drinks, having lunch, but after you've had 20 social encounters in a week, you forget what all those encounters are supposed to build to. You have thousands of conversations and remember none. Okay. The problem is that th this sort of person in the aesthetic phase, to use Kierkegaard's terminology, sees life as possibilities to be experienced and not projects to be fulfilled or ideals to be lived out. He will hover above everything, but never land. In the aesthetic way of life, each individual day is fun, but it doesn't seem to add up to anything. Hmm. Okay, so and the book is called The Second Mountain. Yeah, so tell me what you think based on... Pure, pure I mean, look, there's, there's like, like a, there's yeah. like an obvious, uh, there's an obvious reading. I mean, it's, 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 it's probably pretty obvious. Yeah, oh, it's, okay. it's pretty obvious. It's not that it's not that like, oh, my God, you, you've never thought about this before. No, no, no. But like, I'm, I'm trying to think what would the whole would the whole book be about? Yeah, I guess, you know, just something around like. Um... Yeah, just something about like, look the 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 you know the meaningful life the good life is broadly about pretty boring stuff that like your grandparents were doing it's not about any anything instagrammable or anything like this right yeah it's like you know the first mountain is the mountain of the self where you're aiming right. for fame and achievement and money and success and all that shit and then either you get to the top of the first mountain and realize it feels hollow or you get knocked yeah. off the first mountain into the valley by like death or health problems mm, or a family yeah, emergency. Yeah, yeah. Crisis. You realize that there is a second mm. mountain and that's yeah. the mountain of commitment, of joy, of lasting happiness, lasting joy rather. Mm. The mountain of not optimizing for autonomy, but actually committing yourself to like mm. a cause, a vocation, a spouse, a family, a community or faith or a philosophy, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I feel like I feel like vibe with that. Um, hmm. I think, look, here's the thing. Here's the thing, man. I'll, I'll say... Okay, I have some. I have a few comments I want to say based on some of what we talked about. So the first is just going back to the podcast stuff. Um, it seems like Louise Perry has kind of um, uh, Louise Perry, who appeared on your deep dive pod ages ago, yeah. um, on my recommendation. I might add, it seems like she's um, you know, she's kind of like risen the ranks and stuff like that. And um, she, I, I, I saw that she was on Chris Williamson's pod recently. Hmm. Um, I, I hadn't, I hadn't like listened to this pod before, but there was like a kind of, yeah, really nice high quality YouTube, uh, kind of, yeah, uh, Chris Williams pod, absolutely yeah. crushing it. Yeah. 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 And it seemed like, um, you know, I kind of listened to maybe like an hour of that just kind of in the background while I was doing stuff. And it seemed his style seems like quite different. It's his, I mean, I, w I was kind of, I was kind of waiting for him to go like, all right, so Louise, tell me about your shtick. Or, you know, I, I, I was waiting, they were just like chatting. And I thought, okay, this is like some, you know, they're just like chatting. And then at some point he's going to go like, okay, cool. So Louise, look, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, you know, you've written this book, He's Against the Second Revolution. Uh, you know, give me, hit, oh, give me that, the... was, that was the first episode he did, uh, he did with her. Oh, they've already done one. So it actually yeah. was just halfway through a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure okay. Already. Yeah. Oh, because I was, was thinking. Was around the time a book came out like two years ago. I was thinking, man, this is this is groundbreaking podcasting. They're just mid conversation and they're just going. Oh, like, yeah. They're yeah. not telling I mean, me about Chris, Chris is a really like... Chris, Chris is a really good podcaster. He 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 generally does go straight in. Yeah, um, but he also does loads and loads of prep for these episodes, and we'll have yeah, like yeah, talking yeah. points and questions and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Really okay. Good. Yeah, so I, th I thought that was like a cool format where 
it, it felt like it didn't feel like an interview because it, it felt like he had like he had clearly thought about yeah, the subject and engaged with it. He was like he was like bringing his own takes to the table and they were discussing it and stuff. It wasn't just like, oh, Louise, I know you've got these ten spiels that you're you know. Um, that you say on your podcast or whatever and like let's kind of go through them or something right? yeah th- th- this is also in, in many ways chris's specialist subject like he is in the process of writing okay, yeah. this sort of stuff and yeah. has engaged with it for like half his podcast guests have been about right, this right, sort right. Of gender relations and all this kind of stuff for, yeah, know, yeah. Or two, so yeah yeah he's he's got some good takes i like i like the vibe please don't okay. cancel me anyone for saying that <laughs> yes yeah, so that i yes yeah, so i just wanted to mention that um that I, yeah i thought that was like a cool that was a cool format um and and then yeah the other thing i wanted to mention you know you mentioned that um you know for me uh, you know but uh, if uh, uh i say a book change has changed my life if like uh you know i read the book and you know there's an idea yeah. and that idea leads to action that action leads to like something or the other i think like like if i if i think about like okay what are the books that have like had the most impact on me hmm. I think it is, I mean, but I, I don't know if any of the ones that come to mind are like of, uh, you know, are of the, the formula that you've described of like, oh, there's some, I, there's some like kernel of something in this book, which leads to some action that I start taking and it makes, and, you know, it improves my life or something like this. I've, I have found that like, like, yeah, when, when you talk about like our books, it'll just like, you know, change your life or like change the way you think, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's much more, I don't know, I found it to be like much more internal stuff. Um, like there's a, there's, a, there's a book I've, you know, I, I have a bunch of books on the go, right? Um, one of them in the last few months is a book called um, The Structure of Scientific Revolutions by a guy called Thomas Kuhn. Completely changed, it like genuinely like changed my, changed the way I see the world. Right. It has not led to any action. Like I'm not doing, I'm not just oh, doing okay. anything okay. about this. <laughs> right. And like uh, all, all of the other books. So it's given you a new lens or a new perspective, but it hasn't directly changed anything about the way you're living. Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I always, I find myself like thinking back to it, like pretty often. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, yeah, just like, I think probably a lot of the books on my, like, wow, like this book has really stayed with this book is like, you know, this is like part of my worldview now or something um it's not really it, yeah i think it's never really like direct you know direct attributable yeah. action sure right. yeah i mean i can i can totally i can totally vibe with that um i guess my my whole thing my profession is in finding actionable insights and sharing them and so oh, yeah, i love yeah, reading books yeah. that have a takeaway that i can just genuinely change the way that i approach my life yeah 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 fair fair um, which is nice it's also nice to read books that change my worldview and the sense of that kind of thing but i tend not yeah. to I don't read too many of those, at least not right now. Okay, fair. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So um so you're gonna do less of your podcast, but like different, you know, just more chill conversations. Yeah, I mean in, I don't know if it'll end up being less or more, but yeah. Just being being less like authoritarian about it. Right. Regimented. Yeah. Kind of like this this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Less regimented about it. But okay. Then, I think there is, and to, to cite Seth Godin on this, there is something to be said for showing up every week to just do yeah, a thing. Of course, of course, of course. Um, Absolutely. And so, but there's also something to be said, like if, if there was only one thing that I would do that I would show up for in the realm of work, it would be the YouTube channel, not mm. podcast, as much yeah. as I like the podcast. 
because I'm not going to, I'm never going to be a world-class podcaster. Um, it's a thing that I do because it's useful and fun and nice. And so I want to keep it as a thing I do because it's useful and fun and nice rather than yeah, it being fair. another thing on my to-do list every single week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair. And so what's, um, what's, what's kind of the latest on the book front? So the book's coming out soon in a few weeks, right? Yeah. If anyone has not yet pre-ordered it, please pre-order the book, feelgoodproductivity.com. Book's coming out in about two weeks on okay. December the 26th and December nice. in the US and December the 28th worldwide. And so, yeah, it's... So what happens when the book comes out? Is there like, I don't know, like just some confetti go off? Something like what, what um, it is, is it just like now search, you can click buy now on Amazon now? Is that Very much, you can click buy now rather than pre-order. Okay, okay, yeah. And you can get it straight away rather than like wait for the 26th of December to, to arrive. Okay, um, nice. Yeah, I mean, it's been interesting. Uh, I've been doing a bunch of podcasts with people who have very kindly invited me on their podcasts and stuff, which is why I'm in LA and why I'm in like right yeah. places. Um, did Matthew Hussey's podcast. He's great. He's now become a friend. Um, doing Lewis Howe's podcast, School of Greatness for the second time on Tuesday. It's like, yeah, he saw the podcast, doing No Kagan's podcast, doing Steve's podcast, like this just basically yeah. doing the whole podcast touring stuff okay while yeah, hanging yeah. out with people it's quite fun it's quite fun in a way um how are you feeling about the book launch um how am i feeling about the book launch i'm trying my best to be detached from the outcome like okay. i know what the like we're on like five thousand u.s hardback pre-orders five thousand u.s other pre-orders audible and kindle it's like all these numbers mm. are like okay we've, we've got the numbers Hmm. We probably need like 12,000 US hardback pre-orders by the time week one finishes to hit the New York Times list, which currently we're not on track for. So it's it's, it's kind of a question of like in the final week, which is where the bulk of sales come in. Yeah. We'll, it's, it's kind of, it could go either way. Maybe we'll hit the list. Maybe we won't. Either way. It's like. What happens in the final week? Like, is it that these, all these podcasts will come out and more people will hear about it? Yeah. So the cutoff for the New York Times list is, it's it's like a weekly list, but all the pre-orders count towards week one. Okay. So at the end of week one is where all the numbers are tallied. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so usually people don't pre-order books. Although if you're listening to this, please pre-order my book. Uh, usually yeah. people don't pre-order books. They'll buy it when, it out, when it's out. And so mm. in like on the day of release is when we're releasing a YouTube video, another one the following day, four emails to, to the entire email list in that yeah, time. Yeah. All the podcasts are dropping around that time. Like yeah, yeah. we're trying to create like this momentum for people to think, oh, there's something here. Let's, mm. let me just get the book. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just kind of stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, it's been it's been interesting. In I think not hitting the list would be good for my soul. <laughs> really? Because I haven't I haven't really yeah. had any failures as such in a in in a in a while. Okay. And this is a goal that I've wanted and I've been kind of aiming for. And if I yeah. don't get it, you yeah, know, the thing that that's bad for the bank account is good for the soul. So, right. There'll be something. There'll be something. Then, then it'll be time for the second mountain. What is it? The second mountain? Yeah, yeah, that's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. How do you think you're like? What do you think? Um, so you think it'll be good for the soul? What do you think? Um, would you be feeling there? Like what? What? what would... Yeah, I think I think I'll be feeling disappointment because there's this goal that I've been aiming for that I haven't I haven't achieved. Yeah. Uh, and I think I'll also be feeling like. Hmm, nice this is actually not as bad as i thought it would be and it will just be another like feeling lesson around non-attachment to worldly outcomes that are outside of your control and focusing on the process as per the practice by seth godin just like focusing on the process is it going to mm. stop me from writing future books hell no i like the idea of writing more books it'll be fun yeah yeah it's just basically 
focus on the journey. Yeah. Don't fixate on the destination, but it's useful to have a destination in mind as a thing to work towards. Yeah. Look, I feel like whenever you talk about your feelings on this podcast, um, you're always like, you're like, yeah, you know, I think I would feel disappointed, you know? And, you know, there was this episode like three years ago or something where you're like, yeah, you know, I feel, I feel a modicum of something or whatever, whatever you, you, you said, like, what are we, you know, for the book thing, like, honestly speak, like how, you know, obviously it would be disappointing, right? Like that, you know, you had this goal, whatever, it would be disappointing, but like add a bit more color here. Like, would it, would you be like, would you be like gutted? Like how, like how, if you can like simulate that, like that, like, what do you, how, like how, how disappointed would you be? Honestly. So like, my my feelings about most things are at an even keel with like yeah. minor fluctuations here yeah, and there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree. Um so I I I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't be gutted. Okay. I would be I would be mildly disappointed. I'd be like, "Oh, you know, we tried." But I, I'm I okay. I've also absorbed the Kool-Aid of all this stuff like I I I spend my working hours reading stuff about non-attachment to goals and this sort of thing like there, there's almost no world in which I would feel crushed by not hitting goal, not hitting a goal that I had. Okay, because of all of the Kool Aid that I've drunk and been thinking about it, like you know, it's like, it's like the grooves, the grooves in the mind. My groove what's the, of what's, being what's the grooves in the mind? Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's it's the idea of like imagine like a field, yeah, sort of tall grass, and you're sort of walking one particular path. The more times you walk that path, the more the path gets like. Okay, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fine. fine, fine yeah. And so the groove in my mind of non-attachment to goals is like a really strong groove. The groove in my mind of like, I can control my response to most things. And actually emotions are the story you tell yourself about the thing. Yeah. It's such a strong groove that like, it, it is very rare for something to happen that completely throws me off my groove of equanimity okay. and tranquility and stuff. But okay. I've also been reading stoicism shit for like literally half my life. Like literally since the age of 15, I've been reading about stoicism and I'm now 29. Like half my life I've been reading this shit. So like, okay. yeah, the groove's there. Um, which is why I don't often experience negative emotions. It's just very, very, very unusual for me. Yeah, to do that. yeah. There's also a level at which like, you know, as we talked about in that, in that episode, sometimes the body will feel the thing and yeah. will express like the, the sadness mm. or yeah, tears yeah. in my eyes and I wouldn't know how I feel. So there's something that I'm doing which is sort of blocking off the head yeah. and heart connection kind of, right. kind of stuff. Yeah, that's something I've been working on a therapist. We're working with a therapist on. Okay, that's something that even even he said he was like, look, you know, there are some people that are like mild feelers, and there are some people that are like high feelers. And if you're a mild feeler type of person, like your feelings for most things generally tend to be pretty mm-hmm. mild. There's almost yeah. no world in which you're going to become a high feeler person, and that's totally okay. Okay, sure. Yeah, 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 we just have a, a bit more awareness of like, hmm, yeah, I'm feeling a modicum of something. Mm. And so the question the therapist would be, be like, okay what's what's that feeling where is it like where is it in the body i'm like mm, it's here somewhere what shape mm. is it what, like how would you describe it and th- this sort of stuff and I, oh when i think of for example the disappointment of not hitting this thing it's like oh it, it's, it's sort of like a little bit of a ball it's like a little bit of ball of tension like over here somewhere and mm. like how do you describe it it's like yeah it's kind of like a sphere what color is it it's sort of like dark dark, dark metal it's not quite black but it's sort of like you know like, how heavy oh it's, it's quite heavy and it's like okay and then part of a lot of these well, some of these sort of therapy type things, sort of like NLP, all that shit, is, is mm-hmm. to imagine taking that feeling and imagine bringing it out into the open and to imagine like putting yeah, yeah. light on it, yeah. and happiness on it and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and yeah. All this shit really does work. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how therapist friend would approach the whole feelings thing. Okay, but then 
but then what do you think would um but why do you think this would be good for your soul then if it's not actually having that much of an impact like i don't know like it's it's yeah like why would this be like some transformational you know, some like second mount it's not it's of... not going to be transformational for the soul it'll just be good for okay. the soul okay okay, okay. <laughs> it'll be like yeah. it'll be like doing a workout for a week <laughs> like it's good for the body yeah. okay yeah. All right. um okay nice and it's and it's easy to the thing is with all the stoicism stuff it's it's easy to be economists when things are going well it's harder mm. to do it when you get slapped in the face or when something serious happens mm. and so I'll, in in a way if something bad happens in my life that's how you that's how you get stronger that's how you get better it's yeah it's sure. like with relationships conflict conflict is a good thing in relationships because it strengthens the relationship if mm. you can approach it in the right way and use it to learn something rather than to yeah, spiral into negativity and all that stuff yeah yeah but enough about me what's what's been going on in your life recently all right i've had a couple, how couple of company how are things with life yeah so a couple of highlights from the last few weeks the first is i went to see hamilton great absolutely great oh uh, play. you think so good yeah it's good isn't it yeah it was awesome man it was it was like so inspirational yeah yeah it's like man he was out there he was out there writing his essays i feel like you know and everyone's like yeah 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 like he was he was out there like spreading his ideology man like he would he would he would have had a blog today he'd be on Substack. he'd be on he'd be going on podcasts man Uh, yeah be on twitter yeah it was it was awesome yeah the music was great really interesting story just like really inspirational i was like man i need to I want to start a movement, you know, <laughs> I need to start a country, you know, something like this. Yeah. I thought it was like, yeah. And yeah, these guys are, they were like in their twenties or something when they were doing this stuff. Um, so yeah, it was really cool. One thing that did irk me a little bit um, was that. The colorblind casting. <laughs> No, <laughs> I was gonna say, is that where this is going? Why was why was George Washington black? <laughs> <laughs> no, what the thing the thing that irked me was that it was like a really like yeah, it was like an awesome like story and all of this kind of stuff, but for some reason they brought uh, what felt like a very out of place, very like modern current uh you know like political issue into this thing which is uh yeah so basically they talk about um they talk about uh hamilton being an immigrant right hamilton hamilton being an immigrant and yes obviously he you know he was an immigrant in the sense of having moved from this other country to this other country and in a couple of the songs they have a line like you know Immigrants, we get the job Immigrants done. Immigrants coming, you know, rising up from the bottom or, you know, something like this. It's completely out of place. There was no, there was no social, there was no social identity of like being an immigrant at the time. This, this is not how people were thinking about it. I can guarantee you this was not how people were thinking about it. This is like, this is like, it felt very anachronistic where it's like sort of transposing this sort of modern thing um, and, and this kind of, yeah, my, a modern sort of narrative and like, you know, modern issues that, you know, into this, into this thing. And like, yeah, you know, maybe you could argue that like, well, you know, the, the purpose of these things is not just like tell some random story, but, you know, also like, you know, to help people think about modern stuff in you know, different way or whatever, whatever it might be. It just felt very, it felt very out of place. It just felt like just thrown in there, you know, 
as some like thing. Yeah. So that, that, that irked me. But apart from that, like it was awesome. It was sick. Nice. I think it's a great play. I've seen it twice now. Really? Nice. Yeah. 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 Very good. So good. Mate, mate, the first time I watched Hamilton, I was so confused why George Washington was black. Oh yeah. I was like, I, I, I was like, I, I swear. Cause, cause Hamilton was white and I was like, okay. I mean, and then George Washington had ended up being black. And I was like, what, I swear this was like pre-slavery. Like, what, what, what was, what was the timeline of the, the slavery thing? I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so confused. And in the interval, I asked my friend Iram, who like was the one who got us tickets for this, like yeah. when in the week of release, and she was like, yeah. "Are you a fucking idiot? Like, the point, the <laughs> point is that this is hip hop. It's hip hop inspired. Like, it's colorblind casting." Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I just had no idea of any of the context. <laughs> I was like, oh, people are talking about Hamilton. Yeah. Let's go watch it. <laughs> who the hell yeah, is Hamilton? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Second time yeah, around, I, I got it. I was like, okay. I get it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> have like, you seen right, Frozen the Musical yet? No, I haven't. You should I watch haven't. Frozen the Musical. It is. You think so? Magical. It's absolutely phenomenal. It's so good. It's it's. The I'm best not that into I've the Frozen music. I'm not that into the Frozen songs and the sort of Frozen soundtrack. Yeah, but you've still heard of them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know them, but like, yeah, great. That's yeah, I know them by I know them by heart, but like, <laughs> <laughs> that's all you need. You think I'd enjoy it? I think you'd really enjoy it. I think Lucia would love it as well. All right. You should treat her to a, a night of Frozen. Would she? I'm not sure she'd consider that a treat, but we can see. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't think she's into Frozen. It, it's really good. It's magical. Okay. I, yeah, took yeah. My, I took my whole team to see it for a team social. All but one person absolutely loved it. Really? Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So that was one thing. That was one highlight from the last mm. couple of weeks. The other one. Three three letters. Right. Three DS. I bought a second-hand Nintendo 3DS, and it is mind-blowing. It is absolutely mind-blowing. This tech, this, this is up there with like ChatGPT as like the most one of the like the most mind-blowing technology experiences I've had in the last like ten years or something. Right. So the Nintendo 3DS, really, like, really old. Yes, but the Nintendo 3DS. It was released in like 2011. Okay. Released in 2011, it was kind of a flop. Actually, the 3DS is like a games console. It was it was like kind of a flop, and basically the concept is like it's like the Nintendo DS. So it has like two screens. You play games, you know, handheld, whatever. Uh, but the top screen is a 3D screen. But it, the the game changing thing is that if you remember like the 3D wave, you know, like 10, 10 to 15 years ago, yeah, like IMAX glasses and all that. Yeah, yeah, it, was, it all involved glasses. It all involved yeah. glasses, right? And that made it annoying. And that made it like not that magical. It's like, oh, great. Well, yeah, I'm wearing this like extra stupid thing. And then that, you know, et cetera. This does not need glasses. You're not wearing any glasses and you're looking at a screen that is like 3D. It look The screen looks like it is a portal into another world. You can You feel like you can put your hand into the screen and pick out objects from it. And the coolest thing, Look, I, you have to see it. You have to see it to believe it, man. You have to see it. I've been showing. I've been showing everyone I've met in the last two weeks this thing. Anyway, it can take three D photos. It has. It has a camera. It has like a camera app that can take these three D photos. But obviously, you need to view it on the three DS to see the three D effect because it's like a hard. It's a hardware thing in the screen, so you can't just like send it to someone's iPhone or whatever. Um, but it, the effect is magical, man. It's crazy, and the way. I've been I've basically been using it as like a little sort of Polaroid type camera, just like you know, take a little snap of like, wait, hang out with whoever, just take a little snap for the memories, you know. And the 3D 
captures that kind of moment and captures that kind of memory in a way that you know, uh, uh, you know, in the way that you're like fancy ass, whatever camera with like crazy lens, etc. you know, the, this like low, like relatively low resolution kind of, you know, 3d camera captures a memory way better than anything I've ever seen way better than like a video, a two way, way better than a 2d video, way better than like some fancy 2d photo or whatever. It's just amazing until the Apple vision pro. Yeah. But then you're wearing this massive thing on your head. Nintendo was like so ahead of the cut, mate. It's it's amazing. It's crazy. Anyway, you're gonna have to see it to believe it, mate. I'll be I'll be in London in about four days' time, so you can show me then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's crazy, man. So yeah, that that is another highlight from the last couple of weeks. Nice. What else have we got? Um, I read a really good book. Oh, mate, I think you should have this guy on your pod or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should have him on this pod. Um, I read a book called We Built Reality. Hmm. Uh, I think maybe I've I probably sent you a link to it after I read it. I was like, oh my God, you have to read this book. It's called How Social Science Infiltrated Culture, Politics, and Power. It's a book oh, by Jason Blakely. You love this stuff, don't you? I love this stuff, mate. You're becoming a full-on art student, mate. I'm not becoming an art student. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, for the record. <laughs> yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, it's so good, man. I gave it to a friend for his birthday um, last weekend as well. Um and yeah, I feel like this is another this is another book that's like, you know, really embedded, like sort of changed the way I I see the world. And you know, ru- the the rough spiel of the book, and you know, I, I'd like to like sit down and probably go through my highlights and con- condense this into a proper episode, which maybe mm. we can do at some point. But the rough spiel is basically that um, the social science, you know, um, on the face of it claims to be very much like the natural sciences, you know, making yeah. these sort of neutral observations about the world with, you know, with data and, you know, stuff like this. Um, and, you know, uh, and providing sort of like a, uh, a, a way to sort of, you know, objectively, neutrally sort of understand the world by making, making these kind of observations the same way that a physicist yeah. would make observations of the moon and, and stuff like this. Yeah. Um, but um, the... There is actually a major difference between the social science, the social sciences as we now call them, and the natural sciences. And that major difference is that, you know, weird quantum stuff aside, when you make an observation in the natural science, you know, if you if you're a physicist who is looking up at the stars and you, you know, you think, ah, oh, that you know, I have this is my theory of how the planets do, how gravity works, you know, based on my observations or whatever, you know, I think this is how, you know. You making that theory is not going to actually change how the planets work, right? The planets are still going to do their thing, right? But social science is very different in that regard because we humans, you know, we um, we kind of we it's it's not like it's not like society and the way we think about ourselves, the way we think about other people. It's not like these things are some like you know fixed like. Uh, a fixed object of observation it, you know the, these things are constantly evolving based on the theories that people are proposing and so when you propose a social science theory that starts to get some traction or whatever you know that theory actually changes you know that theory actually changes the way people conceive of themselves and stuff like that. and so you know over the last like 100 years or whatever um we've kind of seen this like vast overreach of social science because it's 
because it uses the language of the natural science. The natural science is right. Been hugely successful over the last 300 years, you know, uh, last bunch of 100 years, hugely su- successful in helping us understand the world, creating technology, you know, making lives better, all the stuff, you know, obviously making lives worse as well, but, you know, hugely successful. And now the language of the natural sciences has become sort of like the, the dominant idiom that we use whenever we're talking about sort of understanding the world, right? And to, and to use the language of the natural sciences is to kind of give something instant credibility. It's like, oh, scientific, you know, data and, you know, whatever, right? And, this, and there's been a very clear uh, movement in the social, the social sciences. I mean, they're called the social sciences now, right? Like, you know, that's part, that's part of the PSYOP where uh, over the last hundred years, you know, a uh, hundred and, you know, 20 years ago or something, if you if you studied politics, you know, you also, you know, politics, economics, history, like these were all, you know, it, these were intertwined. It, it wasn't like you just specialize in like, oh, I, I just do politics or something. You know, the economy as like its own entity that we now like talk about and study and we have these metrics here. Oh, the economy is going up. The economy, you know, this is all stuff that's just been created like, you know, in the last 100, 150 years, something, you know, something like this. Um, and, and, and basically the, the PSYOP is, okay, the PSYOP number one is that the social sciences uses the kind of, uh, you know, neutral objective language of the natural sciences, which makes a layperson automatically think these are like the same things. Ah, you know, my, the physicist makes an observation about the stars. Um, you know, the social scientist makes an observation about how people are behaving in this society or whatever. These are the same thing. They're not the same things at all. Um, so that, that's number one. The second psyop is, um, kind of like the, uh, so he, he talks about how there's kind of been this big, uh, change in academia where, uh, because academia and, and academic research in the humanities is driven by funding, you know, as, as in the sciences, um, there's, you know, over the last sort of 50 to hundred years, there's been an increasing need for subjects to be able to quantify and uh, quantify the impact of what you might be researching or something like this. Um, and quantification, you know, has historically been the realm of the, the, the natural sciences. And so in all of these, in, in all the various fields of the humanities, um, you know, there, there's been this kind of push to, to try and do something like quantitative, something objective, quantitative, data-driven, whatever, right? And so you have these sort of like quantitative strands of all of the, you know, the various humanities subjects, um, which is really driven by a need to be able to justify why your thing should get funding. Because it's like, hey, you know, we're doing this like quantitative scientific thing, and this will provide insights which can be used in industry and business and whatnot, right? And so the whole thing has kind of been like, you know, super, you know, it, 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 it was like kickstarted by the success of the natural sciences and the humanities kind of wanting to like, you know, get, get a little bit of that prestige or whatever. And then it was like supercharged by just the way academia operates and it was funding and things like this. And what it has kind of led to is like a bunch of, a bunch of stuff that we now consider like, oh, this is just like the way people are. I'll, I'll read you one highlight. So uh, w- one thing that he he takes uh, aim at quite a lot is uh, basically a lot of a lot of sort of yeah e- economic science and sort of economic models of understanding society, understanding ourselves, uh, and particularly rational choice theory. Um, 
yeah, which was proposed I don't know, 100 years ago, something um, where we can we, we we can kind of think of ourselves as these like uh, you know rational actors within the system where we are trying to get the best outcome from ourselves, the other person is trying to get the best outcome from themselves, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and um, you know. You, you, it's really just like a framing, right? You can frame anything in terms of this like rational choice here. Oh, well, you know, the reason that that thing unfolded the way it did is, you know, you, you just look at the incentives, bro. Like this per, you know, person A is just optimizing, you know, perfectly rationally for, uh, you know, their self-interest. Person B is uh, obviously rationally optimizing for their self-interest. You look at the incentives, you know, this is why this event has happened. This is why, you know, this thing is going the way it is, whatever it might be. Um, and, you know, now when we, now when we like conceive of ourselves, when we we conceive of society, we, we actually see ourselves as like, Hey, you know, there's a bunch of these like rules and incentives going on in society. I've got, I've got like my self-interest here. Like, of course I'm going to play the game and try and get as much of the thing. That is the rational scientific thing to do. Like I would be stupid not to do that. And so this kind of rational choice theory over the last hundred years, because of the way it's made its way into, uh, you know, just kind of like lay people's discussions books like freakonomics you know all all the whole like freakonomics type movement of like oh wow the economics can help us like understand the world and make sense of society you know this is (laughs) this is not neutral observations going on this is like this is actually a value system that is being into you know kind of read into society where people aren't realizing that people are saying oh this is just neutral observation Actually, it's, it's a set of values of like, hey, this is how you should think of yourself as a human being. This is how we should relate to each other in society. Um, and now it's kind of under the guise of like a sort of a science of like, oh, well, and, and it, it's kind of hard for us to think of an alternative. And, and that's kind of the whole point of the book of like, look, these theories, these, ob- these observations when it comes to psychology, when it comes to uh, you know, economic, these are not just kind of observations. All of these things are laden with their own worldview, their own values, their, yeah, their, their own sort of set of values. And if you can't spot that, then the way you think about yourself, the way you think about society is just going to be transformed by these things as it has been. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's an amazing book about this, basically. Nice. Just the massive psyop of um, a, lot of this, a lot of social science. Hmm. I've been coming across this sort of idea. Um, have you have you come across the Dan Ariely drama? Mm, I know he's one of these like econo- ec- economist type bros, but I don't know. Um... Yeah, so he um, he wrote a book called Predictably Irrational, which is like, okay. oh my goodness, okay. did you know in these circumstances, human beings are predictably irrational and like they, they act in irrational ways and it can be explained by this. Right, right, right. Yeah, this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Someone did an analysis of his like numbers and realized he'd been making some shit up in his oh, studies really? and somebody yeah. published like 10 years ago and, st- and this was a whole whole thing so i was watching a bunch of videos about this where people were basically saying this thing yeah this sort of thesis that you're saying which is that anything with the word science on it is automatically bs <laughs> because you have to put the word science on the end of it yeah um, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah that's great that's a great and, <laughs> and um how this idea of like yeah the the whole funding thing you have to demonstrate how this will help industry yeah how this will help companies and therefore yes. Like it, you need to show positive results, otherwise your entire career is screwed. Yeah, and therefore you would have to start doing potentially dodgy things to show a positive result for a thing. And uh-huh. the interesting books, the ones that Oprah gets on, the ones that Ali Abdal talks about on Deep Dive on his channel, are like where there's some sort of counterintuitive. Find. Oh, the marshmallows. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did yeah. you know that? Like that's wow. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, 
So I've, yeah, I've, I've been I've yeah, been, yeah, 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 sampling this, sampling this, the, this take. Uh, yeah. Sorry, oh, mate, you'd love the book. It's like it's like it's not a dense book. It's like yeah, yeah. It's really not a dense book. It's like very readable. It's not very long. Um, yeah, yeah. He's on Twitter as well, Jason Blakely. I'd uh, I'd recommend for. He doesn't actually tweet about his work very much, which I think he should because like it's really interesting stuff and more people should know about it. Um, yeah. But his uh, Jason Blakely. Yeah, just Jason Jason W Blakely on uh, nice. on Twitter. Yeah, so that's um, yeah, that's that's a big highlight from the last last couple of months. I was going to say something else about that. Um, yeah, 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 and and it's really interesting because you know actually as I was listening to the Chris Williamson thing with Louise Perry, every single tangent, you know, the conversation kind of meanders a little bit every time a new sort of conversation topic is proposed. It is of the format. Yeah, I read an, I, I read this interesting study recently that, um, you know, blah, 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 blah. Or like, you know, that man, you know, actually if, you, if men do this and women are like this or, you know, whatever it might be. Every tangent began with, yeah, I read this in- interesting study about this thing. Um, and like probably some of these studies are good. I have no idea which ones. No, no one listening has any any ideas which ones, and so I find it. Re- yeah, I I find the whole like, you know, studies show or like you know, oh, new studies show that you know, scientists are saying this. I just find it so challenging to actually like make anything of this information because a we know we know that a majority of these studies are just bad. They're just bad science, right? We know that, right? The whole replication crisis. We know that that is the baseline. When you then understand that actually, you know, like these are not neutral observations, right? Like whoever is, whoever is like doing the study, there's like so much wiggle room for all sorts of stuff to creep into this. Whatever mm-hmm. agenda, you know, there's so much wiggle room for, agendas etc etc to creep in just like bad statistics bad science bad philosophy so much room for all of this stuff to creep in that if someone is like oh studies show this thing like honestly the the best way i can i can like use that information is basically to think okay let's hear what he's saying let's hear what he's about to say next and let me let me see what i think about that because <laughs> i i can't really do anything with this like studies have shown <laughs> you know the, this mm. particular thing in the realm of sort of social science type stuff sure yeah i mean one of the one of the things that social scientists do use to to peter atia has a book outlive you've probably come across it on the grapevine i've heard of peter atia yeah he's yeah. uh it's, it's a really good book it's about like how to live longer okay. um and there's the the there are a bunch of criteria that you can use to determine is a study good. Sure. And he does a really good job, I think, of talking through them of like, is the effect size huge? Yeah. Or, yeah, is the mechanism underneath this thing a plausible mechanism? Or, yeah. You know, yeah. All this sort of absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. So I like the way that I think of, or, or the way that we were looking at these social science studies when writing yeah, this book yeah. was kind of based on that principle of like, yeah. Is. Or, and, and also based on the principle of like, even if this is not true, even, yeah. even if this wouldn't be replicated in a lab today, does it vibe with personal experience? Does it vibe right. with what we intuitively yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reasonable? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ab- yeah. Look, absolutely. I've got Peter's thing open. It looks like 
what, what most of Peter Shear's book will be about is like, you know, the effect of, you know, certain diets on like the body, certain like chemicals, whatever. This is, this is not what I would call social science. This is like, it's, this this is not as like rock solid as making astro- astronomical observations. Through a no, it's not as rock solid. It's, it's, it's but it is it is, it is it is like mu- it, it is much you know, a, a lot more like that than oh, it yeah. is about like some psychology study about whatever. And and sure. the point you're making about the psychology study thing is interesting because I totally agree. You know, I I just said it. I said like, look, when someone goes studies show that actually this thing this thing, I ignore the studies show. I listen to them. I listen to what they say next, and I think oh. Does that does that sort of make sense? Does that sound about right? Does it vibe with my intuition? These are just, and so uh, I think this really proves the the sort of point around the sort of the role of science, you know, scientism, uh, you know, mm. uh, as you'd call it. It's that hey, we have to couch. You know, sure, it, it is fine to just talk about you know well, I had this experience or whatever. You know, we a bunch of people have this intuition that like X Y Z is good or whatever, and like you know if you think about it, it kind of makes sense and. Uh, you know, you try it out, try live it, you know, try doing this thing in your life. Too. That's totally fine. But the fact that, for example, if you are writing a book for that book to be taken seriously, you have to couch it in the language of science. I'm like, ah, well, studies have shown this. My what I'm saying here is legitimate because studies have shown this thing, and I've got a bunch of references. You can go, go check them out. There's like five references for this thing. There's like five references. You know, <laughs> I think it kind of proves the point that, like, hey. There's interesting ideas in the book, for sure. Mm. Why do we need to do the song and dance about what is probably a mixture of bad science, bad philosophy, and bad statistics to give it an air of legitimacy when we can just talk about the ideas? And you know you had to do this. You know you had to do all this study show shit because that's what you have to do now because, of, because, of, the, because of this entire phenomenon. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, and look, I would agree. probably a bunch of those studies are good. Yeah, probably a bunch <laughs> of them are shit. Who knows which ones, right? Maybe probably you've done a bunch of research. Probably you have some sense. Like I don't know. <laughs> I think there's also something to be said for the value of a good story. Yeah. Then let's chuck let's chuck the studies out the window then or, or like let's not no, the, study, uh, the, the studies Let, can sometimes okay so the way that like we're crafting these kind of nonfiction books is what is the point that I want to make yeah and let me find because people like stories let me find either a scientific study or a case yeah. study or an anecdote that's yeah for sure for sure that thing sure. in action yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Some, there are scientific studies yeah 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 sure. look. Okay, Ali, I, Ali, I understand. I obviously have nothing against crafting a narrative or whatever. What I, I think I, is, I, fully, I also understand I, where you're coming. From. The yeah. game is basically a game of manipulation, where it's like, hey, I've got these ideas that I actually just have for re- you know, for 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 reasons that are known only to me. I have these ideas that I'm putting into a book, right? Let me now go and find a bunch of uh, you know studies or whatever to. Um, Make you look. I didn't arrive at these ideas by looking at these studies. I I have these ideas. I didn't arrive at them by looking at the studies, right? Let me now uh, find no, a bunch I, of studies to make you <laughs> you like arrive at yeah. That, uh, that's not there. There is a little bit of that. Um, there's not. A, there's not a huge amount of that. It's not a case of like I want to make the I want to make claim X or a researcher. Can you find yeah. some evidence that backs up claim X? I mean, all I can speak to is my like. Okay. The, the, 
the point I'm making is not that you are wrong. It's that, yeah, yeah. I, I, I fully take what you're saying. And also I think there is value to be gained in attempting to study a phenomenon in a lab. And if the study is well-designed, and tries to yeah. control for all the things that can be control- controlled. Yeah, 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 sure, yeah, you might yeah. have 50 people doing a thing. And let's just, let's just see what happens. And if, there, if the effect size is sufficiently interesting, cool. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, I think what I would like agreement on is that yeah. the, cur- the current state of public discourse yeah. on science, social science, studies, sure. data, sci- scientists say... Trust yep. the science, trust the data. You know, the current, it's just pure psyop. It, it is just absolute psyop levels of manipulation, I think. I agree. I, w- I wouldn't say pure psyop. I would say maybe 80%. It's, it's like, it's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, pretty high, high levels of like psyop for manipulative purposes, I think. Sure. Yeah. 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 I think that's, but, yeah, I, that's, that's I, kind I, of, I yeah, that's, yeah. That's that's my main that's my main point. Anyway, yeah, yeah, we built a great, great book. I think I think there's also very big. It it depends on what the study is. Absolutely, absolutely. But but no, no, it, it absolutely does. I'm not saying all of this stuff is bad. Sure. I'm saying there's a spectrum from like yeah. Galileo or whatever. Actually, Galileo is an interesting one because Galileo, you know, Galileo's theory about um how you know how planets orbit the sun or whatever about about yeah about about the solar system. Galileo's theory was. It took it took about a hundred years after he died for their for Galileo's theory to actually be confirmed with like empirical data. Gal- Galileo had the right theory. <laughs> the data wasn't matching the theory, but he stuck with it. He was like, no, no man, like this is it. This is the way it works. Gal- it, it took like a hundred years for the data to actually for us to actually be able to ga- gather data correctly and see, like, oh wow, okay. Like that guy who died a hundred years ago was actually right about this thing. It wasn't like it, it wasn't like Galileo sat there. Gathering a bunch of data and thinking, hmm, I have this, I have this empirical data now. Let me find a theory. You know, what theory must this fit into? It was like Galileo, for for reasons of you know, who knows, b- bad data that he like, you know, misinterpreted, g- gathered wrong. He thought, okay, this is how the thing works. A hundred years ago, he was proven. A uh, hundred years afterwards, he was proven right. Um, and I think that also just kind of goes to show that like. The the, the 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 public narratives around how this stuff works just completely false. Yeah, just massive side. Yeah. So, anyway, I'll, I'll um I'll do a big like um I'll condense my highlights and stuff of we built reality, and then we can do a, a, a organized book, book episode about that. Not just me like reading out a bunch of uh, that sounds great. A bunch of random highlights. But yeah, that was a really good book. Um, let me just think if there's any other highlights. I should probably get to bed very soon. But um, hey, okay, what time is it for you? It's like 3 p.m. It's now 11 p.m. My goodness. Uh, yeah, and then you can start with in the next episode with, oh, absolutely knackered, mate. Yeah, oh, mate, yeah. <laughs> How's your calendar doing these days? <laughs> calendar is actually pretty good, yeah. I have a, I'm have in a good rhythm. I don't have, like, tons of calls. Um, yeah, cool. I think calls and stuff's going really well, Hamza, man. I think it's, like, we focused in on on uh, just uh, our self serve product, so you know yeah. anyone can just go on the website, sign up for free, uh, just basically use it themselves, enter their credit card. You know, ideally, they don't have to talk to us. You know, we're around to help if they need. But um, yeah, that's what we're focusing on. And so we made like tons of product improvements recently. That seems oh, to be going nice. well. Sh- sh- um, can I now use the QuickBooks wizard and understand what's going on? Oh, dude, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. You should, yeah, right. you should go through the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you no, know, calendar is looking good. Uh, any other like quick highlights from the last couple of months? I'm just looking through any Kindle book. 
yeah, that was probably the big one we built reality. Mm. Um, I spent uh, six days at a, at a Tony Robbins event. Uh, oh yeah, I wanted to hear about this. Yeah, wait, yeah, we yeah. Can, we, we can talk about it next. Time. Yeah, we should do a proper episode about the whole Tony Robbins stuff. Yeah, was it good though? Was it as good as yeah, the first one? It was, it was good. Yeah, uh, the first one was more about how to grow your business. This was more about how to yeah. figure out what to do with your life. So yeah. different kind of thingies, but yeah, good stuff. I nice. have, yeah, I have, I have, I have lots of thoughts about this. Really? Stuff. Um, yeah. Why yeah, don't you do a newsletter? What's your newsletter about today? Why don't you do a newsletter about the Tony Robbins stuff? Yeah, it was, uh, it was about that last week. Um, it may be about that this week as well. We'll see. Oh, it was about that last week. Mm. You've not been reading the newsletter, bro. Oh, I must have. Must have I do read the newsletter. I do. <laughs> no, the thing, the thing is actually my, my personal email is just um, a total mess because everything goes into mm. this other bucket. And so okay. I just, I just have to regularly scan the other bucket and see, okay, do I need to read any of these? <laughs> and it's like pretty <laughs> precarious, but it, it's been working so far. <laughs> nice. That's very good. I'm glad you're all yeah. yeah. Okay. I think we should call that day then. Good session. All right. Nice catching up. Nice one, mate. See you in a few days. Bye. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on the Apple Podcasts website if you're not using an iPhone. There's a link in the show notes. If you've got any thoughts on this episode or any ideas for new podcast topics, we'd love to get an audio message from you with your conundrum, question, or just anything that we could discuss. Yeah, if you're up for having your voice played on the podcast and your question being the springboard for our discussion, email us an audio file mp3 or voice note to hi at notoverthinking.com. If you've got thoughts but you'd rather not have your voice played publicly, that's fine as well. Tweet or DM us at N Overthinking on Twitter, please. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.